1: And see,
2: our generation has lost this principle totally. We just simply don't get it. But God wants us to get it. You see, when I'm not filled with the Spirit, I'm filled with self. And I'll say things like this. I have nothing to give. I'm too tired to go today. I can't serve over in that area. I really don't have any desire to witness. That's the things that come out of our mouth. God has so much more for us.
0: A lot of what passes for church activity these days is really nothing more than people doing what they think they should do, rather than doing what God's called them to do. This work goes on, frustrating everyone because it's not what God wants done. Pastor Mark will be teaching on the need for Christ followers to be not just filled with the Holy Spirit, but overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Most Christ followers have never experienced this lifestyle, but that's not how Jesus wants his people to be living. You'll find out today how you can start living this biblical lifestyle. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Acts chapter 2 as he continues his message, Under His Influence, The Overflowing Lifestyle.
2: Now, in verse 37, where you've turned to, just right there, that verse is salvation. That's what Jesus is talking about. Personal salvation. What is step number one? Put this in your notes. The promise Jesus says, if you're thirsty, you come to me and drink. Here's the promise. Become a Christ follower and have your spiritual thirst quenched. That's what he wants us to do. So, the Holy Spirit indwells us. If you're a Christian and you're going to heaven, this is who you are. You have God in you. I want you to pay special attention to this. For 80%, my guess, of the Christ followers in the world, this is where it stops. For 80% of the Christ followers in the world, they're happy they're saved. They'll roll in and out of the church service a few times a month. You might even come super regular. Did you know if you come four weeks in a row, i give you a star for your head? Do you see any stars? Nobody's come four weeks in a row. No, I'm just kidding you. You see, I want you to look at your life. Is that where you stopped? You see, when we do this, it's all about me. I'm going to heaven, and you are. It's going to be wonderful. You're guaranteed to go in heaven. But you're just going to take the world, and whenever you need the Holy Spirit, you'll delve into them. If there's a real tragedy thing in your family, in your business, or your work, or whatever, in your health, you'll ask for God to come. And then you'll kind of forget that, and you just go back to being you. So much so that in Mark chapter 4, says this, the Christian who loves God, well, the cares of this world. thats Mark, you don't know how busy I am. And the deceitful and riches, i got to do i got to make it while I can make it now i got to get the education. I put God on the side. And pretty soon, we become useless. The one thing will happen is when we get to heaven, we'll get to heaven. That's all you care about, and that's sorry. You'll never hear God say this. Well done, good and faithful servant. Never. Because the world is about you. And only you. And that's where you stay. But I want you to notice there is a verse after verse 37. And these next two verses tell us what is supposed to happen in every Christian. Verse 38. Jesus continues, whoever believes in me. In other words, that belief happened and the spirit went in them. As the scripture has said... Notice what happens next. Streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, John gives us an explanation, to whom those who believed in him were later to receive. You remember on the day of Pentecost, up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus is not yet glorified. So Jesus said, here's another promise. Here's a lifestyle that I've designed for every single Christ follower. I'm not just after the Holy Spirit living in you. I want the Holy Spirit to overflow you. That's that third role of the Spirit, that empowering of the Spirit. It's a picture of being empowered and overflowing us. See, God God doesn't just want to bless our lives for us. He wants us to be a blessing to everyone else. Now, how does that look in our life? This is how it looks. This is your world. It's thirsty. All around us are billions of people that know nothing how to quench their thirst. They're trying everything. There it is. So Jesus said, you're going to have an impact. And if you guys will get this, This will change Brevard County and Indian River County forever because it turned the world upside down 2,000 years ago. What does Jesus say? Once you have the spirit in you, the next step is to be filled with the spirit. Get rid of self and all your lousy excuses, the same ones I have. But we sit, go through the motions, even in Calvary Chapel. We're just happy with this. And the reason that we have to be constantly filled is because we leak. I'm exactly like you. Pretty soon, and there's so many things happening in my life. But notice, he says, there's going to be streams, literally rivers, no lack, living water, something fresh, empowered, up-to-date, current. Write this down. Once filled, we serve. Once filled, we serve. That's why he saved you. Not just to get you to heaven, but to be a living stream for the people that you're around. Another statement for you to write. I have to be empty, and then I have to be filled to overflowing, and that has to happen continuously in my life. Why? Because, see, if I'm not careful... I'll try to go on some kind of filling from two weeks ago. It doesn't work. When I get here and teach, I have to be filled for the Saturday night service. I have to be filled for the first service. I have to be filled for the second service. When I go to Singapore... I have to be filled for every single teaching. When I'm in Hong Kong, I must be filled for that teaching. Otherwise, they get Mark Balmer. It's dry. It might have great illustrations. But nothing of the Spirit will reach the heart of man. You're absolutely no different than me. I leak. I come under my own flesh. And pretty soon, the cares of this world, man, I'm busy. I'm, you know, me, I'm going to be doing lots of religious things. Doesn't work. I have to yield myself to the Spirit. And see, our generation has lost this principle totally. We just simply don't get it. But God wants us to get it. You see, when I'm not filled with the Spirit, I'm filled with self. And I'll say things like this. I have nothing to give. I'm too tired to go today. I can't serve over in that area. I really don't have any desire to witness. That's the things that come out of our mouth. But God has so much more for us. I want you to listen to this statement, and you will understand it very quickly. There is no reason for Jesus to fill us if we're not going to use his power and his love and his zeal to serve the world. Why would he fill you? What a waste. He won't fill you. Turn with me to Acts chapter 3. We'll see how it worked with Peter. In John. Now remember Peter and John have the spirit in them. They have the spirit over them. And we don't know how long this is after Pentecost. In probably just a few days. Nobody really knows. Look at Acts chapter 3 verse 1. One day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. So they're going to the temple to pray. Now why would they do that? They're filled with the spirit. You need to write this. The Spirit-filled life doesn't eliminate spiritual disciplines. Pastor Mark, I'm filled with the Spirit. I was filled with the Spirit last week. I I don't need to pray and have Bible study. What are you, crazy? You have to always be in those spiritual disciplines. See, people want to come, and this is why the unbalanced. People want to come to a service. Get filled. Thank you, Pastor Martin. last week for, for taking time to fill. I loved it. Were you in the Bible at all this week? Oh, no, not at all. I don't have time to get in the Bible, but I'm filled. No, you've lived a long time ago. I'm serious. We have to have those disciplines of prayer and quiet time and devotion. To some of you right now, you were doing really good with your devotions, your quiet time, and you got away for it. And you wonder why you're operating in your flesh. Go right back tomorrow morning, sit down before the Lord, under yesterday, say, God, I've blown it. I'm sorry I haven't met with you. I've been trying to do it at my own strength. I started fresh again today. You watch what happens. You'll start receiving what he always wanted to give you. So understand those spiritual disciplines were there. By the way, part of our prayer is to empty us and fill us with him. Verse 2. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. We know later on that this beggar has been, well, he's been a beggar and he's been crippled for 40 years. He's helpless. He can't do anything about his condition. And he has no hope. In your Bibles, you can just write this. This is a picture of a sinner. It's a picture of a person that's without hope, can't do anything, begs, looking for solutions to life, and has none. It's a perfect picture. This lame man is people we work with, we go to school with, we hang with, people that are restless and dry and thirsty and without God. Verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Well, it's the only thing he's going to know. He's he's hoping these guys are going to the temple to pray, and they're going to be in a good mood, and they're going to give to the poor. Verse 4, and Peter, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said something very interesting. Look at us! So the man gave him his attention, of course, expecting to receive the coin. And what was happening right there? See, this day started like every other day. Peter and John are going to pray. They got no clue there's going to be a divine intervention here. They got no clue that there's going to be an open door. So you need to write this. Every Christ follower needs to be ready and overflowing to minister for God 24-7. See, God opens doors all the time. You're going to see in a moment, this is a totally an open door. And I'll tell you why. You'll see it. But see, be expecting God to open doors for you. When we're filled, we're useful to God. He wants to open doors. How do I know this is an open door? Well, we know from that temple area, there was probably hundreds of beggars. How many did Peter stop for? One. There's another little little side note, quickly. You and I can't meet all the needs in the world. So why did Peter stop to the one? Why didn't he just go, here's a coin, here's a shekel, see ya. Why did he stop and say, hey, look at us? Why did he do that? Because God spoke to him. And God would have said this. Peter, look at this guy. We're going to do something different today. Just stop there. And I'm going to heal this man. And then you watch me open a door for you to witness. And then you watch me open another door to witness. And you watch me open another door to witness. All these doors are going to open. Because God brought this path of this man and Peter and John together. God was going to do something. Why do I say God spoke to him? If this is new to you, the things of the Spirit, some of you, you struggle with this. And so don't be afraid. Just listen. When I'm filled with the Spirit, there's more of a sensitivity to the Spirit. See, as Peter's walking, there isn't like this. Peter, stop! Says God. No, it's in his where? It's in his heart. As I'm teaching you right now, God is speaking to me. I have my notes, but he directs me different ways. That's exactly what was. You say, that's like weird. No, that's spiritual. That's scriptural. See, when we're filled with the Spirit, here's homework for you. 1 Corinthians 12, you'll see the nine gifts of the Spirit. Those things become more operational in our heart. We need those gifts. And what you're going to see here is Peter is going to operate with either a gift of faith, supernatural faith. Only for one man, one time, or it's a word of knowledge. Could be either one. For sure, God said to Peter, stop, I'm going to heal this guy. So Peter stops. And he has to have faith. You'll see how big faith it is. It's huge. So look at what Peter says in verse 6. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have. What does he have? He has the Spirit overflowing in his life. He says, I don't have a coin for you. I know that's what you're after. But but he says to him, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. He says, I have living water for you. That gift of faith is operating. He's really saying these words. Jesus raises you up. He's alive and present to heal. I'm speaking the word, but Jesus is raising you up. And look at verse 7. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. How quick did this happen? What would we call that? Supernatural. How many of you that are going to physical therapy right now and chiropractor right now? How, how many like this? I'd like that, Will you? I mean, no more copays. Boom, instant. It's right there. Hallelujah. So that's why we call it what? Supernatural. But well, what is the power of God? Supernatural. The power of God is not the ability of man. So that's like, is that really real? It's more real than you can ever imagine. So this man instantly is healed. And here's the next thing you want to write because this is how God works God placed us here to touch lives. We touch them, but God heals them. We don't heal. God heals them. We touch them, but God heals him. Peter, overflowing by the Spirit, he probably remembered Jairus' daughter when Jesus walked in and Jairus' Jairus's daughter, remember, was dead. Jesus took her by the hand and said, come alive. She came alive. Peter probably remembered this. Verse 8, And the man jumped to his feet and began to walk. Now, I want to ask you a question. Wouldn't you like your one-year-old to learn to do this? This guy's 40 and never walked. Well, how do you learn to walk if you've never walked? Tell me it's what? It's supernatural. You got it. He didn't only heal him. He could walk. And he not only walked. He went into the temple courts walking and jumping and praising Peter. You got it. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, it wasn't a farce. It wasn't a fake, like so much of our stuff is. They recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple going Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement. at, Like, what happened? What's up with that? Let me ask you a question. If Peter and John are not filled with the Spirit, if Peter and John are this... Just have the Spirit in them. Are we reading these verses? Hello? No, we're not. How many people out there, forget the physical healing, just a million things God wants to do in our lives, are waiting for us. We're so busy with ourselves. God is saying, stop, 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 stop. We're tooling right on down. More money, more stuff, more people, more religious crud. And they're begging. And there's no one to put their hand down and lift him up. That's the way we live right now. God doesn't want that. He said, well, Pastor Mark, that's Peter. Peter's just like you and me. He's absolutely no different. Remember in the upper room? Mary was there. Jesus' brothers. there's just people just like us. There's no special people. There's only one special people that ever walked this earth. That's Jesus. The rest of us are just, we just need to be filled with the Spirit. See, it isn't Peter. It's the Spirit through us. Write this down. The ultimate goal of the overflowing lifestyle is simply changed lives. That's what God wants. See, changed lives... If this man is healed, but there's no relationship to Jesus Christ, there's no salvation, there's no reference to God, then he's healed, but he dies a healed man and he goes to hell. We love missions. We love feeding people. We love taking care of the poor. We have missionary doctors that we support and all kinds of things. We love doing all of those great things, providing homes for people. We need to continue to do all those things. But if it's not mixed with the power of the gospel, all of those people die healthy in a home, have everything they need, all the food they need, but they die without Jesus Christ. So it has to include the power of the gospel. That day What was happening? Let me show you kind of how it was happening. And I think it'll make a difference to you. We're talking about changed lives. Before John and Peter, this is the colonnade. This is the whole Jewish outside the temple. By the way, another key. Where did all this happen? Not inside the church. Outside the church. Hello? Outside the church. The people were what? Dry and empty. All of a sudden, here comes Peter and John. They're filled with the Spirit. What's happening to the colonnade? So let's stop and think about this. Whose lives were changed because of that? Well, number one, how about the beggar? Forever changed. Why? Because Peter and John were filled. Number two, who was changed? Peter and John were changed. Would you like to be Peter and John? Do you think that could happen? And you go, hey, let's continue on. That was a nice day. Man, I just moved right along here. Are you kidding me? Change life. Number three, who was changed? All these people that saw it. The next thing we noticed, you know what happens? Peter stands. 2,000 people come to Christ. Why? Because Peter was filled. And there's one more group of people that were changed because of that miracle. You know who that is? You. 2,000 years ago, we just read truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've been challenged because God wants to use you to change your dry and thirsty world. It isn't going to come by religion. Sick of it. It isn't going to come by you sitting and soaking and sour for an hour in church. It's going to come when the Spirit of God comes on you and overflows you. And by the way, that has to happen every single day. Why? McDonald's coffee. You got it?
0: Today, Pastor Mark talked more about the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christ follower. You learned that for most Christians, the Holy Spirit's job in their lives ends with the salvation experience. You found out how tragic this is because God wants to do so much more in your life and through your life to become an influencer of other people for His kingdom. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This finishes up Pastor Mark's teaching under his influence, the overflowing lifestyle. Next time, he'll begin the message under his influence, Cowards No More. You're going to be challenged to observe the difference in the disciples' lives before the upper room experience and after. You'll find out what the difference was and how to get that difference maker in your life. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Under His Influence. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: in a hurry.